a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here. Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are is Fan Effect. Hi, I'm Andy Farnsworth from KSL News Radio and KSL's Fan Effect podcast. I'm also the movies and pop culture guy for KSL Five Today, and this is my review of Space Jam: A New Legacy from Warner Brothers. It's been 25 years since the original Space Jam was released when world-famous NBA player Michael Jordan joined forces with Bugs Bunny and other legendary Looney Tunes characters in a hybrid live-action animation high-stakes basketball game to save uh, the Looney Tunes, I guess. The original movie did surprisingly well at the box office back in 1996, and it became a VHS classic rewatch for lots of kids from the 1990s and early 2000s. Space Jam was long rumored to have a sequel in the works at various times over the years, but it was never officially confirmed until 2014. Now it's 2021, and Warner Brothers are finally ready to go this well, to this well one more time, this time with world-famous NBA player LeBron James in the lead and all of their intellectual properties ready to back him up. In Space Jam, A New Legacy, we get to meet young LeBron back in 1998, where he's already a teenage basketball prodigy. He gets some advice from a coach about the effort and focus he'll need to maximize his talent. Then we see a montage of his actual career highlights. Now in the present, this fictionalized version of LeBron is trying to pass that same advice about effort and focus on basketball to his two sons, one of whom isn't really interested in playing basketball. This younger son, Dom, actually loves video game programming, and he's even designed a computer basketball game he's hoping to take to a game expo instead of going to basketball camp like his dad wants him to. After a business meeting at Warner Brothers Studios, LeBron and Dom are mysteriously absorbed into a digitized server world where all the WB properties exist in computer or animated form, all ruled by an AI program named Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle. In order to rescue his son and get them home safely, LeBron must lead Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Lola Bunny, and the whole gang of notoriously undisciplined Looney Tunes to victory on the basketball court over Al G. Rhythm's digitized champion Goon Squad, a powered-up roster of professional basketball stars like you've never seen them before. The level at which you will enjoy this movie probably depends in large part on how you feel about LeBron James in the first place. If you hate him, the movie faces long odds at changing your mind. For what it's worth, he's a much better and less wooden actor than Michael Jordan was. He also seems like he's genuinely having fun in the movie, which is helpful. Even though the movie repeatedly talks about James being the best basketball player or athlete in the world, it doesn't fawn and gush about him nearly as much as the first Space Jam movie did over Jordan, which I liked about this one. And the story was actually much more meaningful this time around with a great message about family, parent-child relationships, the power of being yourself, and utilizing your own unique talents. 
Being a movie full of some of the funniest cartoon characters in cinema history, I was also pleased at how funny the movie was at times, both for kids and adults. Much of the humor aimed at adults comes in the pop culture references and moments when Space Jam crosses over with some other WB property like Harry Potter, Wonder Woman, The Wizard of Oz, or The Matrix. There are so many Easter eggs in this movie that part of the fun was listening to the audience reaction as they recognized some character or another that made a cameo. Also, as a fan of animation myself, I enjoyed seeing both the 2D and 3D renderings of all the characters, including LeBron himself at one point, as you saw in the clip, as well as the near-seamless integration between live-action and animated characters. Several NBA and WNBA players make appearances as well, both in action, live-action as well as CG form, including Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, and Diana Taurasi, among others. But at the same time, some of those strengths were also the film's weaknesses. The near-constant parade of Warner Brothers' intellectual properties through the movie started to become a distraction. At several points during the film, I realized I was ignoring what was happening in the big game because I was concentrating on trying to recognize who was in the crowd to watch the game. The Iron Giant, King Kong, the Scooby-Doo Gang, the Jetsons, the Flintstones, characters from The Wizard of Oz, The Matrix, the Batman movies, the Superman movies, The Mask, the Harry Potter movies, even the clown Pennywise from the movie It. At some point, it just got to be ridiculous. Okay, Warner Brothers, we get it. You have a big roster of characters you own. You already did this in the movie Ready Player One. Similarly, the digital server-verse, as it's called in the movie, because all this takes place inside the Warner Brothers computer servers, as imaginative and colorful as it is to look at, it also builds to a near-visual overload, especially during the film's climactic final basketball game. Since this is a movie aimed largely at kids, it's worth noting this, especially since the combination of that visual with the digital sound might be overwhelming for some kids, especially those who might be sensitive to that type of content if you go see it in theaters. But content-wise, the film is relatively harmless. Space Jam A New Legacy is rated PG for some cartoon violence and some language. The movie's runtime is just under two hours. So when it's all said and done, I actually enjoyed Space Jam A New Legacy. I thought it was better and more enjoyable than the original Space Jam. LeBron didn't detract from the movie at all. The humor, clever story, and good message were enough to overcome the near-constant WB product placement and create a flick that every member of the family can potentially find something in it to like. I give it two and a half out of four stars. Space Jam, A New Legacy, is playing in theaters, and it looks great on the big screen, especially, I thought, the high-definition basketball highlights from LeBron's career. I've got to find a way to watch some sports on a movie screen. (laughs) But it's also available to stream for free at home for subscribers to HBO Max. Those of you with HBO cable subscriptions already have access to HBO Max, though this movie can only be watched by logging into the app. Otherwise, HBO Max will run you $15 a month for the subscription. Space Jam, A New Legacy, will only be available to stream on the app until August 15th. You know, I forgot this song existed until right now. (laughs) A throwback to 1996 where we made a song out of every movie that came out. You know, Wild Wild West, all that stuff. Hey, fast forward, what, 25 years? Quarter century and now the Space Jam sequel is coming out. I haven't heard a catchy song to this one yet. Maybe there's, I don't know. I wasn't super impressed by the soundtrack, but maybe it's because I'm old now and I used to be young and hip back then. That's right. Andy Farnsworth of KSL News Radio, you are not old. Well, you are you. hip, You're but it's your hip that hurts. That's what it is now. <laughs> that what works now. Now, another option starting this weekend comes to us from Apple TV+. It's called Schmigadoon, and it's a satire that lovingly pokes fun at 1940s movie musicals from our modern perspective. When two people from the present day, Cecily Strong of Saturday Night Live and Keegan-Michael Key of Key and Peele, 
get lost in the woods on a hike. They discover a town called Schmigadoon, and they're weirded out because everyone and everything in the town looks like it's straight out of a movie musical, complete with people singing and dancing at random moments. They eventually learn that there's no way for them to leave Schmigadoon until they find true love, which leaves them stumped because they've been a couple for almost five years. Other notable actors in the show include Alan Cumming as the town's mayor, Fred Armisen as the town reverend, Kristen Chenoweth as the reverend's gossipy wife, and Dove Cameron from the Disney Channel as the sultry farmer's daughter. I've watched the whole six-episode season, and it is hilarious, especially if you're a fan of musicals. And all the music and songs in Schmigadoon were written just for this show. A big warning, though, it is rated TVMA for lots of language and mature themes. The show is produced by Saturday Night Live creator Lauren Michaels, so that should give you something of an idea of the type of humor you'll get. This is not one to watch with the kids. Again, it is streaming on Apple TV+. The first two episodes dropped today, and the other four will arrive weekly on Fridays. Now, my last suggestion for something to watch this week doesn't actually come out this weekend. It's the eagerly awaited sequel Once I Was Engaged. If that title seems familiar, it's because it is indeed the sequel to Once I Was a Beehive from 2015. And most of the cast of that movie returns for this new one. Written and directed once again by McLean Nelson, the focus shifts to Brie Carrington, played again by Claire Niederprom. She was the youth camp leader in the first film and the adult leader Carrie Carrington's daughter. The story takes place about two years after Once I Was a Beehive. The young women and their leaders have grown up since that memorable camp, some more than others. And Brie's surprise engagement in the whirlwind of wedding planning brings them all back together. Joining the cast this time is Bart Johnson, who you'll recognize from High School Musical as Bree's dad. Plus, you'll get a look at the original girls as their much younger selves. The film opens exclusively in Utah theaters on Wednesday, July 21st, before expanding to Arizona, Idaho, and Nevada on August 6th, and then nationally on August 13th. So we here locally get first crack at it. Again, Once I Was Engaged opens next Wednesday. I just wanted to make sure you knew about it beforehand. Now, I have a lot more to say about Space Jam, A New Legacy. Head on over to KSLTV.com, where I mentioned I've posted a full in-depth review. And that's where you'll also find my other movie and streaming TV series reviews. A full review of Once I Was Engaged will also be posted there when the movie opens next week. I just love the word schmigadoon. I mean, you can say that all, all day long. Yes, it, and it's so funny. It's so funny. So worth watching. Oh, so funny. If you like musicals especially, it's yeah. worth watching because yeah. it, it like parodies all of them, all but, that you've ever seen. But a little seen. salty. Uh, yeah, the language is okay. uh, a little bit adult, all unfortunately. Right. For, all right, good to know. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out some of my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.